Hello and welcome to The Warrior Within the Woman. I'm Pastor Lauren Daniel and I hope you ladies are ready to sharpen your weapons. This week is going to be one where we are going into a mighty message from God and I hope you are ready. I'm so glad that you've chosen to be with us again this week. And let me say, I am in awe of just the outpouring of love and what God is really, truly doing for so many women through this podcast. So it really makes my heart just full of joy. And today we are going to be focusing on a message that God gave me about a year ago. And since then, um, you honestly say that that was the birthplace of the dream of reaching women because I felt like after this message that I'm going to share with you today, God truly began work in my heart like never before. And I believe that it is time to begin to get serious about the word of God, to get serious about the kingdom of God. And to truly show people that that it is real, that heaven is real, that hell is real. So today I want to speak to the women who are tired, the women who are overwhelmed, the women who feel like giving up, the women who are holding on to a promise but feel like they're fighting every attack of the enemy to push through to the next day. I see you, daughter of God. I I see you. I know you. I've been in your shoes and occasionally even find my way back to that place of confusion because, you know, honestly, life is rough. Life is confusing. Life can take a toll on a woman, especially if you hold the title of wife or mother or sister or daughter. There's a lot of responsibility that comes with being a friend and being a mentor. I believe that God allowed me to endure hardships to prepare me for my testimony. Sometimes it was my own mistakes that caused my struggle, but God was still there when I called on him. And he is able to use every persecution of the enemy and every mistake you've ever made for his glory and your benefit. Through every difficult season of trusting his word, faithfully pursuing him as a single woman longing for a godly husband, When I was trusting him, when I wanted a baby, when I was submitting to him, to his will, when my son needed surgery at five weeks old, following God when he told us to step out in faith for a new ministry calling, continuing to believe for my healing from an autoimmune disease, and now even holding on to promises that have still yet to come to pass in my life. In every one of these situations, he was preparing me. See, God was sharpening my mind. He was refining my spirit. He was stretching my faith, forcing me out of my comfort zone, pushing me to deepen my understanding of his word and encouraging me to plant my feet in him. In the times when the struggle would become too much to bear, I know that you're feeling that today. I know so many of you are listening to this and you're just wanting a string of hope, just wanting something to hold on to because it feels like life is just crushing you. It's overwhelming. And in the times when the struggle is too much to bear and you feel like you can't take one more step is when God will carry you, sister. It's in our times of desperation where we truly see how much we need God. Whatever you're dealing with today, depression, anxiety, fear, confusion, 
worthlessness, suicidal thoughts, addiction, loneliness, lust, anger, guilt, regret, whatever you are holding on to today. I want to remind you that you are in a war. You are in the midst of a war, a war against good and evil, a war that is after your soul because you are worth something, that you have a higher calling, that this depression and anxiety will not overcome you because there is something deeper inside of you that God is wanting to mold. He's wanting to bring out of you and to use you as a vessel to help other women and to help men and help families with your testimony. The war isn't over. And now is not the time to give up, daughter. Daughter of God, your heavenly father is calling you to a deeper strength. He is calling you out of fear and into faith. He is calling you to hold your position in this war that is raging around you. He is calling you to pick up your weapon and take a stand against the schemes of the enemy that is trying to destroy your family. He is calling us, calling us today to hold the line. Hold the line. I know what you're thinking, Lauren. What does that even mean? <laughs> what, what does hold the line even mean? See, hold the line is a well-known military phrase used often to let the warriors know to stand firm in the place they were assigned. Its definition is to firmly uphold a certain position. Stand firm. Stand firm in the place that you were assigned. God is reaching out to you today saying he is not done with you yet, sister. Now is not the time to give up. Although a lot of our burdens we carry may be in the physical. The war is not there. The war is not against your spouse even though it may feel like your marriage is a battlefield right now. The war is not against that coworker, even though it may feel like they are out to get you. The war is not with your child or children, even though it may feel like you're losing them to the evils of this world. The war is not against other races. The war is not against who is Democrat and who is Republican. The war is not against the government, even if there is corruption. Don't you see? Don't you see? We have been so easily distracted by this game from the depths of hell. We are fighting people all the while the real enemy just sits back laughing at our gullible selves. Don't you see, warrior of God? Don't you see the truth? Open your eyes, woman of God, because the people that you've been fighting, the struggle that you've been bearing, the burden that you've been carrying for so long, the devil has put that on you. Yes, it was their choice to say that. Yes, it was their choice to take that stand against you. But listen to me here. God will deal with who he needs to deal with. But you need not worry about what people are saying about you or doing to you or what they did years and years ago. Open your eyes. The war that is raging around you is not physical. The war that is raging is on a spiritual level. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 6 verse 12, For our battle is not against flesh and blood 
but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the world powers of darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil all around us. Let me break this scripture down for you. It's not talking about the government. It's not talking about people higher up. It's talking about these authorities on a spiritual level, the authorities of darkness. Now, let me tell you something. God is the ultimate authority, but do not mistake that Satan, he still has authority. It is not as much as God, but let us not be blind to the spiritual attack. Do not be blind. There is a spiritual level to this. No matter how much that person hurt you, they are not your enemy. No matter what they said, they are not your enemy. There is a spiritual level to every situation. What happens in the spirit can be seen in the physical. They are connected. I'm not trying to disregard what you have gone through. Please don't misunderstand me today. But we are fighting the enemy. Day in and day out, attacks are waged upon our families, our marriages, our children, on our workplace, on our minds. I understand more than you will ever know. But if we are to fight the enemy, if we are to wage war against the root evil, you, as a warrior of God, must focus your sword against the real enemy. God has reminded me in my life of three things, especially through my battle with depression my battle with anxiety and hurt, and even my internal struggle when it was me stepping out in faith. And I want to share those with you today. Strategies of heaven in the war that is raging around you so that you can be prepared, that you can be mentally prepared and ready for the war so the next time Satan tries to attack you, the next time Satan tries to feed you a lie, the next time he tries to come in your mind and try to give you all the stuff that he's made up, I want you to use these strategies. I want you to know that there are things that God is doing in you, that God is wanting to do in you, and there are things that we need to understand, that we need to focus on because we are in war. The first thing I want to share with you is that every level of ministry, every level of spiritual maturity, at every level of your purpose, you will face a bigger giant. You will face something bigger. At every time you pursue God, every step of the way that you get you get closer and closer to your purpose. You're closer and closer in your destiny. Every step you do, you take in faith, you will be attacked. And every step that we go further, we're going to be facing bigger and bigger giants. But I want you to understand this is not to consume you. This is not to destroy you. But God allows these things to teach you. To bring something out of you that has been hidden for so long. That you've buried deep. That the pain and hurt has buried so deep inside of you. And he allows these giants. Now let me explain this to you. God is not the author of evil. 
I don't know if you're listening to me today and maybe you have struggled with that, that you've been through so much that you just wish that God would just take everything away. And I understand. But see, these things, they are not from God, but God allows it. God allows these things not to kill you because he knows his strength is made perfect in your weakness. So he knows that we cannot physically take it. We cannot physically take it. But when we lean on him, when we trust in him, when we begin to lean on the maker, the one that created you for greatness, when in your weakness, you begin to see that it is not about me. But I need you, God. I need you, God, more than the air that I breathe. I need you. See, God allows these things just to draw you closer. He's drawing you today. Through every struggle, he's drawing you. He allows these things to bring something out of you. To bring supernatural confidence out of you. To bring peace that makes no sense in the situation you're going through out of you. Have you ever met somebody that they are so at peace in a situation that is so chaotic or that you would think, oh my gosh, I could never be so calm. (laughs) That's the peace of God. God is wanting to draw and bring something out of you that the pain has tried to bury That Satan has tried to destroy inside of you. But let me tell you something. And let me let the devil know that his tactics have not worked. That his tactics may have paused it for a moment. It may have delayed it for a moment. But when God sets something inside of you, when God starts something, he is not someone to leave it there. God is one that when he starts something, he will finish it. Do not lose hope in the situation you're in. I know it may look hopeless. I know you may be at the end of your rope, but I want to tell you today that if you will just hold your position just a little longer, God is going to bring out of you something he has placed strategically, specifically a testimony that is going to rock the gates of hell will come out of your situation. When I think of every level brings a new giant, I automatically go to David. David is a perfect example of this. Before being anointed as the future king, this young boy started out as a shepherd. A lowly job (laughs) compared to a king. His father had assigned him to the flock. As the youngest of his brothers, he had stayed home while his brothers went out to war. His father had assigned him. Where are you today? Has God assigned you somewhere that maybe you're feeling a little lost right now? Maybe you're feeling worn down at the assignment God gave you. But let me tell you, do not despise small beginnings. Do not despise where God places you at the beginning of your story. Do not worry Do not fret about where you're beginning. Do not overthink. Or you said this and I assumed I would be here by now. God, where are you? Why hasn't this happened yet? Do not despise where you are. 
You may not have a well-known name in this world, but God knows your name. God knows your name, sister. You may start as a shepherd, but it does not disqualify you from your future kingship. Mm. Let me say that again. You may start as a shepherd, lowly, bottom of the totem pole. But just because you start there doesn't disqualify you from your future kingship, from what God has proclaimed and prophesied over your life. No matter what people's opinions of you are, no matter what they have seen in your past, no matter what they may think, listen, everybody's going to always have an opinion. Just get used to it by now. You should go ahead and accept that you are not always going to please everyone. Not everyone is going to agree with you following God. Not everyone is going to be in your corner, and that is okay. David was being faithful in what his father asked him to do, and he took his job seriously. So serious, in fact, that when a bear and a lion came to kill his flock, God empowered David with strength to overcome both the lion and the bear. No man, no young boy, (laughs) he wasn't even grown. No young boy would have the strength to overcome, to save his flock from a lion and a bear. I mean, my goodness, I look at a possum, I get scared. Like, I can't even deal with that image of a young boy, a child, Fending off a bear and a lion, but because of God's strength, because of God in the situation. See, you will not overcome on your own. We can't. We can't. And and I know I'm like, wow, that's a great encouraging word, Lord. (laughs) But, But being honest, we cannot overcome on our own. We can't. We need help. We need to go to the doctor when we're having depression and anxiety to a point of where we're suicidal. We need help. We need to reach out to friends. We need God. We need all of these things in our life to be successful. I'm telling you, if you're trying to go it alone without um, God, it will not happen. We must accept that we are weak human beings, that we need God. Because in those moments that bring you to desperation, that is the point that God can truly mold us and use us. When we are at the point where we say, God, I understand, I have finally come to the realization that this is not me, that this is not in my own strength. I cannot do this alone. I need you. I need you, God, to intervene in this situation. Even as a shepherd, God was preparing David to defeat the giant Goliath. With every fight, David learned to trust God. And with every enemy, he learned that it doesn't matter the size or strength of the enemy, that God is bigger. In 1 Samuel chapter 17 and in these verses, David is going to check on his brothers. He's taking them some things from his father. On his way, he passes by. He's, he's walking into the, the battlefield on, on their side. And he hears Goliath, this huge, unmovable, it seemed, target. <laughs> this Philistine. This man who had been undefeated. 
is staring him straight in his face and is laughing at God, mocking God. David began to become passionate. And he says, who is this Philistine mocking the armies of the Lord? What will be done for the person that kills this thing? In the natural, he was not even supposed to be there. In the natural, he was just running an errand. But God interrupted a normal day for David. God interrupted things in his life to just bring him a taste of what he had in store. To bring him faith. To bring him strength. To bring him boldness. To bring him courage. See, you matter to God. You matter so much to God that he is willing to stop the day, to to intervene in your life while you are being faithful to your assignment. God's willing to interrupt what you think is going to be a normal day to bring the very thing that you've been seeking him for. David killed Goliath because of the strength of God. Hallelujah. The second thing I want to share with you that as you are holding your position in this war, That rejection is inevitable, sister. It is inevitable. This is something I had to learn early on in my life. But I'm so thankful I did. I'm so thankful I've learned this. Even now when I'm rejected, I'm not going to lie. It it still stings. (laughs) It it still is rough. It's, It's still... I still struggle with it, but going through what I've had to go through in my life and understanding early on that rejection is inevitable, that when you're dealing with human beings, not everyone's going to be on your side. That was one of the most important concepts, one of the most important things I I think I could have ever learned in my life because it prepared me for ministry before I was even ready to accept that God made me for ministry. (laughs) Rejection is inevitable. In war, not everyone is on your side. Quite literally, right? I mean, if you look at any war in history, there are multiple sides. And not everyone that is fighting is going to be fighting for what you are fighting for. Not everyone is going to be there holding your gun or holding your sword or sharpening it for you or giving you a pep talk before you walk into your home. You might not have anyone there giving you a pep talk, walking into your job, walking into the battlefield. Not everyone is cheering you on and wanting the best for you. Not everyone is proud of you when you follow God. But that's okay. That is okay. One thing I've not only known to be true in my life, but with so many women I counsel, is the struggle with rejection. It's so difficult because we long. We long for friendship. We long for communication and connection, right? I mean, we're nat- that's natural. It's in our nature to long for connection. But when you begin to connect with God, when you begin to see God and talk to God, You begin to realize that it's okay if you can't count on anyone else. It's okay if it's just you and God in the fight. It's okay. 
in Luke chapter 7, verse 36 through 50, we read of a woman who had an unspeakable past. She had lived a life as a prostitute. She was ashamed and carried a burden so heavy she was at the end of her rope. She was shunned by her community and completely alone. She was rejected. But she comes to a point of desperation. She was willing to break the rules. She was willing to go to Jesus however she needed to get to him. And she begins to wash his feet with her tears and dry his his feet with her hair. See, the custom of that day is when someone would enter your home, you would wash their feet as a sign of reverence and respect. But see, even the Pharisee, the religious leader, the person that you would have thought would have acknowledged Jesus in his home, could not even take the time to wash his feet. If you were to look at the context of in that day, these prostitutes, they had perfume. Something that would cost them a lot of money. They would buy this perfume so that they could wear it. And she takes this alabaster jar of perfume, the very thing that would make her attractive to men, the symbol of her rejection, the symbol of her desperation, that she didn't want to live this life anymore. She was so desperate. She was so desperate for Jesus. She was so desperate for a change. She was willing to sacrifice her wages. She was willing to sacrifice this expensive perfume. And as she cried, she would wipe off the tears and clean his feet. She broke the symbol of her past over Jesus and sacrificed her life, sacrificed this thing to give to him. That the perfume was no longer to be attractive to other men. That the perfume was no longer for her sales. The the perfume was no longer for her past, her life. But the perfume now was given to Jesus. It was to Jesus. In this moment, all these Pharisees who are sitting at this table watching this prostitute wash Jesus' feet with her tears. Jesus corrects them for condemning her for coming to wash Jesus' feet. The very thing they were not willing to do. Let me say this. It does not matter your credential. It does not matter your anointing. It does not matter if you speak in tongues, if you worship loudly. It does not matter if you are not willing to give Jesus what is Jesus's then you need to sit down. Stop judging the sinner who is trying and the person who is trying to walk away from their past, who's trying to walk away and give Jesus everything. Stop judging the heart of someone when you have no idea what is going on and you are not even willing. You are not even willing to give Jesus what he deserves. These religious leaders, they were not even willing to wash his feet. And Jesus shows that it does not matter your past. And it doesn't matter who has rejected you. 
Daughter of God, it does not matter who has told you you would end up being nothing. It does not matter who told you they do not love you. It does not matter because God still loves you. Jesus shows that in this scripture that it doesn't matter your past or who has rejected you. He loves you. He has empowered you for great and mighty things. All can come to Jesus. I want to make this clear though because it was a hard lesson for me to learn. When we have been entrusted with a calling, it is no longer about us. It's no longer our life. It's no longer Lauren Daniel's life. This is not my life anymore because I'm giving Jesus what he deserves. I'm giving Jesus what he deserves, which is me. Out of everything I've done, out of every single mistake I've made, even the struggles I have daily, God deserves my absolute best. He deserves my whole self. He deserves to have everything. My past, my brokenness. He deserves to have that. Because in my hands, it is nothing. My life is nothing in my hands. But in God's hands, he can make a masterpiece. It is no longer our life. The women you will reach with your testimony of how you overcame, they are worth it. You are worth it. You are worth going through all of my life. You are worth it. Those of you listening to this right now, so that I could have some sort of word to give you and encourage you. You are worth that. This podcast is worth it because I see now that what I went through was not about me. The people you will touch with your testimony, they're worth this. They're worth the pain. Their soul is worth it. The kingdom is worth it. They're worth the struggle. God is worth it. The rejection, God's worth it. The ridicule, God is so worth it. The assignment is worth it. The kingdom is worth it. The times where we are being crushed on every side is where God can mold us to something he can use. The rejection from others can feel crushing at times, but it is valuable to bring you to a place of desperation. In one of my favorite books called The Crushing, It's Not the End by Bishop T.D. Jakes, he states, crushing requires purification. Do you know anyone who would purify something they do not intend to use? Your crushing cannot be the end because God would never purify you if he didn't intend to use you. Rejection is part of the process, warrior of God. If I were honest, I wish it weren't. But at the end of the day, Years from now, months from now, even maybe days from now, you're going to look back on this and you're going to say, you know what? Even though in the midst of it, the pain hurt. And even in the midst of it, I felt crushed. But it took me to a place where I would call on God because he knew nothing else would get a hold of me. God knew in my life that it would take sickness to get a hold of me to trust him. 
God knew in my life that it would take the pain and rejection from others to really push me to the point where it did not matter what others think of me anymore. The last thing I want to share with you is abiding in God requires the waiting. When we abide in Him, we put our dreams, our fears, and our comfort to the side. When we abide with God, our thoughts become His thoughts. Our actions change to reflect Him. Our words become gentler and kinder. Abiding in God means to allow Him to mold who you are and to remove the toxin that is inside of us. He will gently remove the things that He can't use. And He will teach you who you are to be in Him. Noah knew God. I'm sure many of us know who Noah is. He's the one who built the ark. (laughs) He lived a life that waited with the Lord. Noah had one word from God. I don't know if you understand or even know the context of Noah, but Noah had never heard from God. And God speaks to this man, this humble man. And Noah has one word from God, one promise from God. And God does not speak for 120 years after. He does not say anything else for 120 years. Noah waited for 120 years. He had received one promise from God, one warning. There is going to be a flood. And he relied, he trusted so much. He trusted a God he had never seen so much. That is what I call faith. When you get one promise from God, and even if he's silent, you can still hold on. Because listen, God does not and will never contradict himself. God will never give you a word and change his mind. God is a God of the details. And he cares about you. Noah had faith. If you are questioning right now what God wants you to do, just remind yourself of the last thing he spoke because he will never contradict himself. He will never tell you one thing and change his mind. In this season, we must stand strong, sisters. We must stand strong, warriors of faith, and hold the line. While I was preparing this message, God gave me this picture in my mind of women just standing next to each other in full armor, standing together arm in arm with swords sharpened, waiting for the enemy. See, God does not want you to walk away. Now is not the time to walk away, sister. There is work to be done. Now is not the time to lay your sword down and say, I give up because I can't do this. Yes, I know. I know you can't do this. I can't do this either. That is why we must fully rely on him. That's why we must fully rely on a connection with the almighty. It is not up to us. But in his strength, you'll overcome this. But don't back away now. 
Don't give up now. Don't let Satan have the satisfaction of taking another Christian out. Don't let the enemy have the satisfaction that he has controlled and stopped you. Do not back down. Hold the line. Hold the line, sister. Hold on. You were created a warrior. And it's time we start acting like it. It's time we start remembering and taking account that this is not about us anymore. This is not about us anymore. But it's about the kingdom. It's about souls out there that need to hear your testimony. Today, I want to challenge you that in this season of life, in this season you're walking into, in this war that you are walking into, as warriors of God, we must welcome the giants that come to prepare us. We must accept that rejection is a part of the process and your promise is worth the wait. Hold the line. I'm pleading with you, Christian woman. I'm pleading with you, woman of God. Let's hold the line together. Don't let the enemy through. Hold the line. Thank you so much for tuning in to The Warrior Within the Woman. I want to express my love and gratitude to every single one of you. And I believe that this message will encourage and inspire you to stand up against the tactics of the enemy and do not let him take any more ground in your life. Hold the line, sister. We will make it through. God bless you. Have a wonderful week. Love you all.